You're listening to another great show from the Nod Network. Find more great content at nerdod.com. This is Heroes Needed, the Overwatch Players Podcast. Hey everyone, this is Heroes Needed, the Overwatch Players Podcast. I'm Dave. And I'm Richard. Back once again with a, uh, a number of things for you this time. We've got, um, we're going to cover the Halloween event that has recently rolled out uh, across all platforms. We're going to talk about some of the recent character changes from the, uh, from the most recent patch and update. I keep saying the word recent. I keep saying it over <laughs> and over again. Uh, we're going to touch on our speculation about what's coming at BlizzCon, what that could mean for the game, what it could mean for the wider kind of mythos mm. of Overwatch, if you will. So let's jump straight into the Halloween event, Halloween Terror, I think it's called, yeah. uh, and what that's brought to the game so far. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Halloween Terror is one of the ones that we've seen, well, we've seen it before, we've seen it for the last couple of years or so, and it, it has a, a particularly interesting mode called Junkenstein's Revenge, where Junkenstein is set up as the mad scientist, hence the mad scientist kind of skin that he has, which looks particularly interesting. It looks like Doc Brown. Yeah, yeah, yeah it yeah. definitely does. It's a really, really, really fantastic skin. And it's set up that he's made a, a monster, a Frankenstein's monster, um, which is Roadhog, with his incredible skin as well. And they, they throw a few others in there. You've got Mercy as the witch. Uh, it's the kind of the healer of the group. Symmetra comes in there as well. Um, is that where the Mercy witch skin first originated? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's, oh, wow. that's okay, from cool. Halloween. Absolutely, yeah. And you've got the Symmetra demon one and the Reaper um, kind of count. Uh, vampire Dracula kind mm. of skin as well. Repretch has two really, really good Halloween ones. He's also got the jack o' lantern, like pumpkin head. He lends himself well to Halloween skin, right? Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. And his, his guns are fantastic in the uh, pumpkin jack o' lantern one because they're, they're, well, his, his normal guns, but essentially they have the little candles burning on them, the wicks instead of the fuses. Really? It's really, 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 really cool. It's great skin. Um, still can't play Reaper for anything, but yeah. you know great skin um and essentially it's another one of these uh, pv these kind of player versus environment i don't want to call it a story driven mode but more of a story than anything else that we have in other words not player versus player not traditional overwatch in this way so essentially you're on it was um it was Eichenwald uh, last time and this time as well i think and i think there's a new version on chateau gouillard i've not played that yet, you pronounce but... that yeah i think so uh, Eichenwald is the one that i was playing anyway mm-hmm. And that that's that's the the one that we saw the year before or so. And essentially, you've got streams of these omnics that are kind of uh, they're renamed zomnics, as in zombie. Very omnics. nice, nice little bit of wordplay. Well there. played, Jeff. Tip that to Jeff as always. Um, and they're coming in all these different bits. You've got some character selection. I think they've increased the character selection since last time. I swear that there's more heroes that you can pick. It seemed like most of them when I played it recently. Yeah, yeah. it's quite a lot. Um, weirdly, one of the modes that I do enjoy playing Hanzo as. Yeah, well, it's actually go. quite good. Um, but I played a bit more McCree, actually, in the other one, because somebody, somebody picked Hanzo in that one. Um, somebody played Torb, the new Torb, which was fun, as, they, as, the, as the zombie Omnics tried to deal with all the lava, um, which was amazing. But actually, it becomes this really, really fun one where you are playing co-op. It is a bit different. Everyone still has all their abilities and so on. Um, but you're in just something that's a bit a bit of fun and a bit more relaxing and it's a great chance to come back to the game i think we've mentioned this previously maybe but whenever they have these events that's the reason that i come back and pick the game up again if i've maybe not played in the last few weeks 
the, or the last week or so, that's that's why I go and pick the game up again. I see that there's the event come out. Mm-hmm. I want to play it. Even if it's a mode like this that I've played before, I, I want to pick it up and I want to play for a little bit. It's a fantastic way of getting people back into the game. Yeah, and I, I think I I think I played it before when it came around briefly as part of the anniversary event where they mm. uh, some of the game modes came up for a limited time in the arcade. Yeah. So I had played it because this time last year I didn't have Overwatch. Yeah. Um, so I played it when that was around, and it's 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 really fun. And I think I'm pretty sure it was it was definitely less heroes before because uh, sure. yeah. I recently played it as as Genji. And although we won, <laughs> uh, I'm still not a very good Genji player. Yeah. I don't know why I was compelled to choose Genji out of all the heroes, but never mind. Um, <laughs> but it was interesting because it's 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 a different it's a very different type of game mode yeah. compared to Overwatch proper. Yeah, and it's nice that it's in there. I mean, I played it for the loot box because sure you play for the loot boxes, Absolutely, right? Absolutely, yeah. And it was. It was the first time I had seen the new Torb. I yep. was playing that. Um, I had forgotten the update had taken place, and I started playing. I was like, why is the floor on fire? <laughs> oh, yeah. And it's it's nice that that's back in there because there's a, a bit of familiarity, but then also the ability to make little changes. Yeah. Because if they do change the map or they do change the characters that are available, um, it makes it familiar but different. Yeah. I think that's what you need in a game which... Obviously, Overwatch, with the updates and changes that have been made as time goes on, yeah. it's still the same game. You yeah. know, it's still very much, and we'll come on to what we might think of this sure, later on, but sure. it still might very much is the team-based game that it set out to be when it first yeah. came you, out. If you play it on day one, you play it now, it's very, very recognizable. It's, yeah. it's the same game. There's more heroes, there's more maps, there's tweaks here and there that I, I agree with all of them so far. They all make the game more enjoyable, uh, more friendly, more welcoming. But it is it is the same game for, yeah. first and foremost, um, and I don't think that's a problem at all. But I do think you know we look at on a on a much more broader on a global level. Why do we have these events and holidays and traditions like Halloween and Christmas and everything else? Just as a as a society, we have them as these natural breaking points in the year, these moments to relax, these moments for gatherings. You have these big family meals around Christmas or Thanksgiving in the states, whatever it might be. They serve an important purpose, and in this community of Overwatch, where people are playing a lot of this game people are playing competitively people are waiting for league to come back this is a great one that there are no stakes to this this means nothing your skill rating's not going to go down if you have a bad game in junkenstein's revenge it's pretty hard to have a bad game in junkenstein's revenge but if you did uh if even if it was terrible or you were practicing something new it's just a moment to relax it's a moment to catch your breath and enjoy it and really really, really enjoy in terms of just how the the game is yeah and I think that the we'll come on again to the the actual character changes soon because you're right. It's a game that has had so many little updates and so many little revisions mm. that it is the same game, but it is different. Um, it's nice when they come back because it's just I, again I, I was I asked that question about the the witch skin because it's the one I've seen a lot of, of yeah. Mercy players having that, and it was only this time around playing that game mode that I go, oh yeah, I've seen that skin in other yeah. places, and the same with the Symmetra skin. So it's nice to to make little little connections like that and go oh okay cool definitely definitely. and as well as that it's the little things that come out of it you know Mm. we talk about skins all the time because of course loot boxes but everybody wants the skins there are some amazing ones that have come out and this timer is is no exception yeah i think that uh obviously the new somber skin Mm -hmm. the bride skin that's really really cool the new uh widow maker spider skin which i was quite lucky to to get a loot box just this morning and yeah (laughs) only slightly jealous of that one (laughs) (laughs) and it's great because it's that thing we've covered it before but getting a skin for a hero that you don't play as often is still cool because now i want to play that hero to show off that i have that cool skin exactly um actually i had quite a a good game as widow maker earlier on today i don't know why every once in a while (laughs) i had stars align it was on um 
the Ilios map where you've got the the control point on in the sort of house on the on the edge of the cliff. Yeah, I forget what the name of that particular phase of Ilios is, mm. but it was on that map, and I had a I, I had a great game as well. Maker, I was thinking, how is this happening? <laughs> this isn't this isn't me. I then went on to have a terrible game on the next round, but still. Of course. Uh, but <laughs> For that brief of, moment, you were popping heads. I, I was. It was great. Uh, there was a Zenyatta player who did not like me very much. <laughs> but this is the thing. like These, these little changes and these little updates, the, the things you get in the loot box is like, I've got a, a voice line of Genji saying, Happy Halloween. In Japanese, like I don't need that. I'm going to use it for a week. What's the point? But it's a cool thing to have. Yeah, very, very cool thing. Very, very, very cool thing. I mean, the the one the the, the skin this year that really, really stood out to me was a uh, wrecking balls. Oh, uh, pumpkin yeah. jack o' lantern style skin. It's just so beautifully detailed in every little aspect. The fact that he's that kind of almost scarecrow monster type thing with the terrifying grin on top of it. Yeah. And then when you go into the, the heroes gallery and you look, you can you know click across and see what the weapon looks like and all the detailing on the gun turrets that he has on either side with like the leaves coming out and oh, it, it just looks fantastic. It really, really is incredible. And such a new hero as well. Absolutely. And yeah. a brand new Halloween skin like that is fantastic. Yeah, it's got such a nice looking skin so early on. And, I mean, in terms of that, I mentioned before, I think, that these events are a chance for players to come back to the game if they've not played recently. It, it's also something that people look forward to. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are skins that I've seen that are event-based skins, like an anniversary skin or a summer games skin. One of the ones for me for the summer games was the, the Diva South Korea skin, essentially. I always thought that looked really, really cool. Yeah. Um, I managed. I got that in the summer games when when that when that came around. Okay, um, I'm so jealous people, of that. <laughs> people people do look forward to these. I'm not saying it's the focus of their year or anything. They're not sat there crossing the days off a calendar <laughs> until they can get a skin. But it makes it more exciting because you've been looking for a skin for so long that actually now you've got the chance to get again for that brief window, mm-hmm. and the excitement builds up. Um, or maybe this is what you've been waiting to spend the, the coins on, the credits on, the points, uh, to, to actually buy the skin that you wanted, for example, as well. So I know whenever these things roll around, I always get particularly excited because I'm going, oh, great, I can get that skin and maybe there'll be a new one. Yeah. Well, it's like we talked about Wave Racer Diva for a while, mm. uh, a few episodes back, and I didn't buy that. Yeah. And I could have and, and didn't, and I'm annoyed at myself. But uh, same, the, and the, um, the Grillmaster 76. Yeah. I was so close yeah. to buying it, didn't. I don't know why. Yeah. I think because I, I got a different skin that I quite liked at the time, and yeah. I thought, why spend credits? Sure. Uh, because for some reason I hoard these credits for <laughs> no reason whatsoever. <laughs> got five and a half thousand credits. You know, you, I could spend them you on. know you've got to report those credits on your tax returns. So <laughs> that, that counts as an asset. I do hope not. <laughs> um, have you seen the, the anniversary skin for Diva? No, it's amazing. It it fits in with the vibe of like Route sixty six. It's very much almost like an American like l- late or early. I'm oh, the, about, kind like, of, the kind of Americana rockabilly. That's oh, the word yeah, I was searching. Yeah, I was going to yeah. say Americana, like that kind of a thing. That skin looks so cool. That is a very cool one. It looks so cool. cool. And that's going to come around an anniversary. And that's the kind of thing like that. That's what I want. But it's yeah. these skins that stand out that people really look forward to in addition to the regular ones. And I love the fact that you can buy skins whenever you want with credits. Yep. But the anniversary ones, you can only... Sorry, not anniversary, but the, the seasonal ones. Yes. You yeah. can only buy during that event. Exactly. And I think that's a really, really clever way to keep people playing. Yeah. Because for that reason where... If I want those summer game skins, I'm gonna have to wait until next summer. Yeah, I can get them, but I've got to wait till then. Same with the anniversary. Like I really want the um, uh, combat medic Ziegler mm. uh, Mercy skin, which is an anniversary skin. So I'm gonna to have to wait for anniversary <laughs> if I want to get that skin again. Yeah. So that'll keep me playing. Besides the fact that I enjoy the game, we'll play anyway. Mm. That will, you know, the Halloween uh, event that came up. 
I've not experienced one of those yet. Yeah. So when it came up, I thought, well, I need to play some more so I can try and win some of these Definitely. skins and, and, some and loot boxes. voice lines and stuff. Yeah. Um, and they're great. And even the detail in the loot boxes. Yes. The idea that all the different loot boxes have a different design yep. to fit that event. Yeah. You know, the idea that it's a little uh, pumpkin uh, basket of candy. Yeah. That when you open it up, it all explodes out and it everywhere. Cackles and laughs yeah. and the candy. And it's, and, uh, it's again, it's an example of a little touch that's completely unnecessary. Yeah, but it's such a cool thing to let you know that that's what it's absolutely. From. It's, it's it's the class and skill that you expect from Blizzard, and it's it's the touches that make their games feel really like a Blizzard game. I, I know, like before Overwatch, I'd, I'd only played a handful of Blizzard games. I played World of Warcraft briefly when I was, when I was a bit younger. Uh, played Diablo, particularly like Diablo. Very little StarCraft before getting my ass kicked. Um, but Overwatch is the first one that I really played a lot of. But over time, you start to see these. And these really aren't just random shots in the pan, little details that you're catching that no one else has ever seen. This is what a Blizzard game feels like. Somebody's really considered these elements. And it's that kind of appreciation of their fans. They know that people are going to appreciate that and notice it, whether they notice it consciously or you know, subconsciously in that way. They will notice these little details and it will really, really resonate with them. They absolutely love these little things and the, the games are littered with them. Yeah. And I'm, the only one, I have one gripe. Yeah. And that's because that's that I spotted a new Hollywood map, mm. which was a spooky nighttime <laughs> Halloween themed version of Hollywood. <laughs> yeah. And I got put onto that map for about 20 seconds before the server rebalanced and I got kicked off it and I have not seen it since. And I've played regular Hollywood a couple times since then yeah. but I've never found that. Almost imagining, did I dream it? Is it it's, even, it's, it's, was it real? It's like Brigadoon. It, it only exists for a brief window and then disappears. <laughs> but is it, I, I'm trying to work out now, did I imagine this? Because I've not even been accidentally put on that server and you can't search for it. It's not like with when Busan was launched and it had its <laughs> yeah. own arcade mode. Yeah. You can't find this thing. I think it was real. See, now, but, now, now you've put the idea of imagining it in my head now i'm doubting myself but I'm, I'm pretty sure you're right i'm pretty sure it's a thing that exists oh good okay well if we're crazy we're both crazy and well, i don't think to this. there's if a you gas have leak. played that map please just comment or something and let me know that i'm not just making it up <laughs> it's driving me crazy because i want to play it was so cool and i was wandering out and all the posters were halloween themed See, and... this 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 is where jeff gaslights you deletes yep. the map and any reference to it that might happen just disappears into yeah, the if night you play the halloween hollywood map and you know what i'm talking about please comment so i know i'm not going crazy because i think i might be halloween horror map truth or over here <laughs> <laughs> so moving from there on to the changes that we've seen because it's been quite yes. a few recently some small some quite big i mean i know we we spoke at length about uh, the torbjorn yes. rework because it is it, it's such a significant rework that when i accidentally played him a little bit last week <laughs> accidentally and for, played him well i think i was playing mystery <laughs> heroes you know how it and i forgot the change had happened so i ran out there and tried to throw an armor pack and suddenly i was overcharged i was like what what's happening why am i orange what's going on it's like someone's changed the controls it's now like the south paw version of the controller that's just, what it oh felt god like. i'm like i'll throw an armor pack what's happened oh i'll put a turret here oh i threw it over there what's what hang on oh i'm dead so looking at it there's quite um there's quite a few little updates mm. but there is uh, sorry halloween terror is the name of the event not yeah. halloween horror my mistake um this is something that you mentioned earlier on that i hadn't spotted yeah. straight away but it's a really really uh really quite cool update in terms of accessibility mm. for all players and that's the changes for uh colorblind players yeah reading the idea that 
they've made changes to the the HUD and the the interface to change the color options so that rather than just red and blue, you have a number of different shades of colors and all the rest of it to allow for those who otherwise might not be able to see it quite correctly and give everyone a better playing experience. Yeah. That's a really cool thing that they didn't have to do, no. but they have done, which makes it great. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is the kind of developer support that we, that we, that we see on a, such a regular basis from Blizzard. And it's really, really nice to see from a development standpoint, uh, the extension of the welcoming nature that Blizzard's always wanted Overwatch to have. This kind of optimism that we see in the narrative and in the lore of Overwatch, the ways that they continue to update the game to to get rid of kind of toxic players and toxic speech, the way that they've kept the league and the way that they've run that, every little element is built around anybody can pick up this game and start playing it. Everybody is welcome here. Anybody can do this. This is something that everybody should be able to have fun and see something of themselves in. The world could always use more heroes. The world could always use more heroes. And literally, you know, when we see, think of seeing themselves in this, this involves literally being able to see the game. This is a big part of it, of course, and being able to choose the colors that work best for you. You know, it, it's one thing, and it's a very, very good thing for a developer to put a colorblind mode in a game. It's another thing to let somebody really adjust that to what's going to work best for them um and then it, again it's that level of care we talked about before but this is a, a really really kind move by blizzard to make this inclusive for everybody yeah definitely so if we go through some of the changes here because some are are more significant than others mm. but we'll go through and just get some thoughts on it them, yeah so <laughs> yeah. number one uh, is brigitte mm. they've reduced her shield from 600 hp to 500 no. that's a bit that's a bit harsh isn't it that's a bit like I'm just a bit I'm sad about it but without having a definite reason as to why I just yeah. kind of felt like 600 HP cutting it down a bit this is her. the thing I, I, I'm struggling to, to have an opinion other than I like Brigitte why are you changing Brigitte <laughs> yeah, please leave Brigitte alone maybe that, that's what I'm that's thinking the only about, emotion yeah. that I have here I, I don't think it will be as much of a problem as it maybe sounds because she's pretty tough anyway. It depends how quickly that shield regenerates. Mm, you know, I've true. not looked at the regeneration rate on that, but my understanding is, particularly if she's hitting stuff with that mace, it regenerates pretty quick. But yeah, any time you touch a character like that that I particularly yeah. like, I'm gonna I'm gonna be unhappy. Yeah, I think it might be, maybe it's worth mentioning the developer comments because this is their kind of reasoning oh, yeah. for it. <laughs> that, that is good to listen yeah, to. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> so what they said here is the health of Brigitte's barrier was extremely difficult for most heroes to deal with, especially mm. as she closes the distance to her targets. That is true. Mm. I've voiced my frustrations playing against Brigitte in the past, so yeah. fair enough. This change still provides Brigitte with substantial survivability, uh, but should be also be more rewarding for opponents who pressure her. That's fair. Okay, I, I, I get that. that. I get that. Because I've complained about how hard it is yeah. to break that shield down myself. So, Well, this is the thing. Taking out 100 from it isn't so much that it breaks what the hero does, but it does bridge that gap more. Yeah. If you to, to be able to do an additional 100 damage, that's, that's not necessarily the easiest thing in the world. No. Uh, particularly for those squishier targets, by which point she's, you know, stunned you and then beat the, the living daylights out of you. <laughs> that's true, yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, that, I, yeah, that makes a lot of sense to me. I can see that. So next up is Doomfist. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the update to his hand cannon, damage fall off now starts at 15 meters, so the, the damage falls off a lot sooner than it has before. Okay, good. One less reason to play Doomfist, <laughs> um, or one more reason not to play him. Not sure which is the right 
phraseology there. I mean, uh, I, 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 either. Let, let's, <laughs> let's not play Doomfist Doom Doom together. You are not my favorite. Developer says, Doomfist is all about getting up close and personal with his enemies, but his hand cannon spread was tight enough to do surprising amounts of damage at longer ranges, especially against yeah. bigger targets. Sniper Doomfist. That's right, yeah. This change brings his weapon in line with other shotgun-style weapons by making its damage fall off beyond 15 meters. That makes again, sense. Again, it's one of those, those changes that does make sense. Yeah. Um, but again, not inspiring me to play Doomfist anyway. And yeah, and this is the thing, as they say, like, 15 meters, I appreciate sure we're in a game world here, not the real world, but 15 meters is a feral distance. True, yeah. That's a pretty good range. Uh, that, that definitely fits more with the character rather than, yeah, jokingly we said it, but rather than having him be like a weird mini sniper, <laughs> it makes a lot more sense. Then we got McCree's got some love here. Uh, uh, this cooldown on his combat roll reduced from eight seconds to six seconds. Yep. Which is, nice. I mean, it's a great ability, but it did feel a bit slow to come back Definitely. online. I mean, second to D.Va, McCree was probably one of the first characters that I kind of fell in love with when I was starting playing the game. And this one really, again, similar to D.Va, actually, was kind of uh, really enjoyed the the character design and the, the look of it and the yeah. lore. Yeah, I love playing it, but McCree's just such a cool character. You know, he's that classic cowboy. He's got that amazing gun, but at the same time, it's like a robo arm. It's a yeah. very, very, very cool character. It but is. I think the reasoning... Bell buckle. Yeah, definitely, exactly. He kind of spells it out, doesn't he? Um, but that, I think the reasoning behind this one's really, really interesting. Being able to choose more or not have to choose as much between using it for mobility and for kind of reloading purposes or evasion purposes and reloading purposes yeah. and so on. It says here, uh, previously McCree's combat roll cooldown felt too restrictive, which sometimes prohibited players from using it. The new faster cooldown allows for more flexibility when choosing between using it for mobility or an instant reload. Does yeah. it automatically reload your Oh, weapon? yeah. Yeah, How this have is I one never of the coolest known things. Yeah, no, completely. So you can fire off, you can uh, run in and fan the hammer, roll and then fan again. Or just, yep, pop some shots off as you run in. How have I never known that? It's I've been so playing good. this game for almost a year. I it, never it knew that happened. definitely took me a while before I figured that out when I was playing him. That's, I, I, I am shocked with myself for never realizing that. It's a that. very cool McCree move, and it's so, so, so useful. But yeah, that, that is something you can do. I wonder I'm always getting my head clicked by McCree. It is not obvious that he can do that unless you have read the actual abilities. You yeah. wouldn't expect that in any way. No. But it is a really cool ability. <laughs> I've, I've learned something today. <laughs> so next up is Farah. Now, Farah's got quite a big update. And again, looking mm. through it, I think it makes a lot of sense. But yeah. So uh, her concussive blast, the cooldown's been reduced from 12 seconds to 9 seconds. Okay, yeah. And her rocket launcher, the attack speed's increased. So it's lowered the recovery time between shots from uh, 0.9 to 0.75 seconds. Okay. Damage has been redistributed between explosion and impact. So explosion damage reduced from 80 to 65, but impact damage increased from 40 to 55. Which makes sense, because those direct hits never seem to do quite as much damage as you thought they would have. Mm. Uh, explosion knockback reduced by 20%, self-knockback amount re- increased by 25%. Mm. So that's interesting, because it's kind of, they've made the shots a bit less powerful in some ways, but faster. And also they've made those direct hits more devastating, well, I guess. this is the thing. For for me, with, with fire, I think a rocket, it sounds stupid now, but like a rocket should do the most damage if it hits you bang on. Yeah. It, 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 it always kind of feel that she could just put them anywhere near you and, and you'd get a solid hit out of it. Mm. Whereas, yes, obviously, if an explosion went off next to you, you would you would definitely feel it. The science part is Absolutely. explosions are bad. Explosions bad. Stay away from them. Big red X through explosions. <laughs> but if, it's, if we're in this game, it should be rewarding the accuracy and the skill of hitting somebody bang on. It shouldn't be a case of you can just drop one near them and, and they go flying. Yeah. And in terms of that knockback, again, if we're reducing the knockback a bit, 
yeah, to be fair, you'd fire one of those and the person ended up on the other side of the map. Like, it really was quite a far distance that you got flung. Mm-hmm. So I can definitely see a reduction in that that won't, I don't think, take away the kind of the satisfaction of something being well-timed, but it will fit more with her kind of skill cap and it will fit yeah. more with this isn't a, necessarily an easy hero to play. You've got to juggle being in the air and your flight time on the on the boost packs and be able to hit missiles that aren't a straight linear weapon. You do have to kind of guide them slightly and then you've got knockback. This is a hard hero to play. Yeah. And I've noticed recently, it, and again, I've only really played Farrah Mystery Heroes because I would, yeah. normally wouldn't choose her no. in a game. Um, but I've noticed that that speed difference with the, the rockets, is it's noticeable. Yeah. Um, only, uh, what, 0.15 seconds, but it does feel noticeable. Yeah. In a so, quick game like Overwatch, any, any little change like that changes how it feels, for yeah. sure. So the comments on here, uh, we wanted to increase how responsive Farrah's rocket launcher felt because a full second of recovery between shots made it feel sluggish. That's yeah, true, isn't it? very, very true. To balance out the improved recovery time, we shifted some damage from the rocket's explosion to the direct impact damage. The overall damage potential is now increased when landing direct hits and decreased slightly when only dealing explosive damage. We reduced the amount of knockback uh, each explosion causes as it made it very difficult to aim at Farrah with rockets coming in at a faster pace. Mm. The concussive blast cooldown reduction should allow the ability to sync up more closely with the jump jet cooldown when used for mobility. Because mm-hmm. you see a lot of, the, I mean, I've seen a lot of the pro players using that concussive blast to kind of give them a boost on takeoff. Sure. Which I've never managed to do <laughs> myself, but they managed to do it. So I guess yeah, if that comes in sync with the jump jet, you can kind of alternate them a little bit, can't yeah, you? Yeah, definitely. That's air. a really good point. I wouldn't even have considered that. Yeah. Oh, poor Maze only got the update, which is updated visual effects for all abilities. Yeah. Come on, mate. Maze. <laughs> I, I, I was talking, I don't know if I mentioned this on the last episode, mm. but I, I had recently watched Maze cinematic yeah. and I hadn't before. And having watched it, I now have so much more love for May and especially for Snowball. So I, l- I love May as a character. I love the lore. Still hate playing against her. Still hate playing her. Yeah. It's just a frustrating character. Very hard to play against, I agree. Yep. Or if you're in a Mystery Heroes game where against two or three of them, that's not fun. And, and not even in a way where I feel like the person's particularly outskilling me in any way. Just being annoying. I I particularly like when they when uh, an opposing May player freezes you and then just very casually shoots you once in the head. <laughs> it's the most frustrating. But also, okay, yeah, I can't argue with that. Like, also think about how savage that is. Yes, yeah, so, oh, no that? you frozen. You can't move. That in no One way shot. fits with May's character. She's that a much nicer person. That than sure that. would have been very dark <laughs> if she froze yeah. someone near to death and then put a bullet through their head. Not a bullet, a massive icicle. A massive <laughs> icicle. That is so dark. That is dark. All right. So next up, Arisa. Uh, her main weapon, the the maximum spread's been reduced by twenty percent. I already think that weapon's pretty deadly without oh, yeah. making it more concentrated. Yeah, fair, absolutely. I mean, yeah, I mean, Arisa really, she is a gun turret and a shield. Yep, that's I mean true. that that's mean. She's also a lovely character, and I'm sure a lovely person. But it, well, robot, <laughs> robots are people, guys. Robots are people. Um, if there's one thing Overwatch is taught. Ro- robots, robots are, people are definitely too. people, and if you don't say that they are, they will rise up and kill everything. Yep, and they will come out of the sea. Korea <laughs> learned that the hard way. Um, but yeah, she she's a gun turret and a shield, so I, I think it makes sense definitely to increase the potency of mm-hmm. both the gun turret and at some point the shield. What they said is Arisa spends a significant amount of time firing her fusion driver from a relatively stationary yep. location. Yeah, it's just a gun platform. The weapon's spread value causes it to feel too random when leading targets at a distance, mm. considering the projectile's travel time. We've tightened the spread slightly, which should leave her close and mid-range damage potential largely unchanged, while making it feel better when hitting targets at longer ranges. That's good. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Agreed. 
Sword 76 gets a little buff. Number of shots until reaching maximum spread increased from six to nine. Cool. So yep. making the running gun character more deadly. They're, they're tightening up a lot of spreads. That's what we're noticing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone's uh, been on like a, a shooting range. They've all practiced the training. They've got that spread down tight. <laughs> I think they've realized that the game, a lot more of the game has a ranged element than perhaps they originally yeah, that's thought. That's a really good point. Yeah, it's, you know? it's not. It's definitely, well, it's almost never a close quarters game no it definitely does have a lot more range than i think a lot of games most of your characters even characters like uh, genji with his dash mm. you know those shurikens they do a lot of damage at range yeah if absolutely. you want them to um and that's the kind of thing like most of the characters they their initial i mean with the exception of maybe roadhog or sure. you know reinhardt a lot of your characters range is their thing but that said for a lot of those characters that don't have range as their thing they have ways to close the range Sure. The presence of range is assumed. They know that there will be a range between the characters. Mm-hmm. By the way, the presence of range is assumed is the title of my band's first album. Well, that's the title that's of this it. episode. It's a t- definitely. definitely. <laughs> the presence of range is assumed. Uh, that came out of nowhere. Um, <laughs> but they, they, they have a way to close that range. Roadhog has his hook. Genji has his dash. Diva has their boost. True. It's almost like anybody that uh, doesn't have ranges built into them, presence of range assumed, it they they have a way to close it instead and again that's part of balancing but i feel like yeah they i've never considered it that way before but i think yeah. i think they know that there will be range there and they said sword of 76 damage output was a bit low but mm. not too far off from where we felt it should be making it take a few more shots to reach max spread smooths out the weapon spread curve and should make his damage more consistent nice. i don't think i've ever noticed him not doing enough damage personally yeah it doesn't seem like a problem he has but it's kind of we, we get to the point where it's almost less how does it feel to, to play against and how does it more how does it feel to play and it's kind of like if they were tuning a car or something and I am not a mechanic but if something was wrong on that if a wheel was loose or there was some other issue you would immediately know it's a flat tire or something like that mm-hmm. and it kind of feels like what they're doing is just tuning it this is going to feel for these players that play these heroes and love these heroes almost like the car's just been in for a service it's had its oil changed there's fresh tires on it the suspension's all done it's all ready to go it's going to feel nice and that's really what they want the Not a mechanic, to but you love throwing up those cards. Ah, got to have some great car talk. Got to throw that in. <laughs> Make people think this. Yeah. yeah. Throw in some car terms to car talk. Um, but no, it, it, it's going to make it nice for these people. They want it to feel enjoyable when you play it. They don't want to make it feel sluggish, like they said with Farrah. Make it feel a bit delayed or kind of weighted down. It should feel nice to play and light and nimble and enjoyable. Yeah. And then last but not least, I mean, we covered him at length last week, uh, last episode, sorry, but I'll just mention some of his uh, actual definite changes. So with Torbjorn, my favorite one is uh, reduce the size of Torbjorn's head hit volume by 10%. Mm. So it made his head smaller. Popping his heads. Rivet gun, uh, projectile speed increased from 60 to 70 per second. Reload time reduced from 2.2 to 2 seconds. Turret targets enemy hit by primary fire. So if you're sh- that's clever. So if you're shooting enemy, yeah. the turret will look at them rather than whoever else it's shooting for. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. I'd, yeah, that makes way more sense. Definitely clever. Uh, alternate fire recovery lowered from 0.8 to 0.6 seconds. Damage per shot lowered from 150 to 125. Reload time reduced from 2.2 to 2 seconds. And spread randomization readjusted. Nice. Again, yeah, make it faster, make it less damage. I get this that. Is, this is what I like about Blizzard and about Overwatch in particular, but, but the way that Blizzard approaches games. They did this massive rework, they tested it internally, they put it on the PTR, they tested it some more, they pushed it live, they watched how everyone played it, and they went, yeah, we didn't quite get it. Mm-hmm. So let's tweak it. 
And the thing is, this will go through the exact same cycle. They'll put test internally, they'll put it on the PTR, they're bringing this live now, and this is what they continue to do. It's this iteration that makes it a wonderful game to play because they really consider that. Changed from 150 to 125. These are numbers that only you know statisticians care about in any other game or any other thing. But this is the kind of thing that Blizzard thinks about endlessly yeah. when they're preparing for something. They really want to make sure that this plays right and feels right. Not just for this hero, but for the other 27 heroes. They want to make sure that everything feels spot on in any element of the game. And it's, it's something that I really do appreciate, the way that they move things and change things and update things on a pretty rapid pace. Mm-hmm. And one thing they've also changed is the, his forge hammer. The radius has been increased to align with quick melee. So if you want to hammer people nice. to death as Torbjorn, it's easier now. Smack them in the face with a hammer. And I won't go over the, the turret overload molten core. We covered that at length last episode, yeah. so I won't go through all that now. But uh, suffice it to say that Torbjorn is somehow more deadly than before, yeah. I guess. He's a, he's a fiery boy. Yeah, to, to throw those, those turrets out, having very, very brief um, experience with using him in, in play, yeah. it's, it feels different. It sure. definitely feels different. And that whole throwing a turret, letting it build itself while using something else is it's a clever update. It's like it definitely it makes a lot of sense for someone who is a superstar engineer like Torbjorn would have a turret that would build itself. He wouldn't have to hit it with a hammer, it would just well, do it. Exactly. This is the thing. You've got these omnics building themselves, you've got this automation in the world, and he's still there artisanally making every turret by hand. <laughs> yeah. Doesn't doesn't quite fit. I know he's got a Santa skin, but living, like building everyone in a workshop. In Switzerland building them yeah. turrets. It doesn't doesn't really make sense. No. You know, when he is this master engineer and everything else is so seamless. So yeah, no, that definitely makes sense. But I, yeah, it, it a game shouldn't feel like work unless it's like job simulator but it, it shouldn't feel like work in the sense that you shouldn't be doing mundane stuff you shouldn't be banging a turret with a hammer to make it build you should be playing the game you should yeah. be enjoying it and obviously there's certain elements that you have to do like reloading and all this kind of stuff there's things that need to operationally be done but it shouldn't be a thing of i need to sit here and bang something with a hammer until it builds you should yep. be able to be more in there with your team yep i agree so those are the updates. There's some other very small sort of audio tweaks and other things, but not yeah. character-specific updates. Sure, sure. But all, all things to improve the game. So big Absolutely. Fan. So moving on to that, we've got BlizzCon coming up. Yeah, BlizzCon. And it's interesting because I've never been that into BlizzCon before mm-hmm. because in my head, BlizzCon was World of Warcraft. Yep. Um, primarily, obviously, StarCraft and Overwatch. Yeah. But I had never played many of them, I guess. Sure. I, you know, I have played before Overwatch. I had played StarCraft, but only yeah. really when it was new. Yeah, not a lot since then, um, and I'd always play Terrans, and it was boring. I'd always <laughs> just get lots of little soldiers and put them in bunkers. And, and then very, the Zerg. I had came. a very boring play style: um, <laughs> as many soldiers as possible in bunkers. But, so you um, went with the Cold War strategy, basically. Yes, <laughs> big military, not doing much in bunkers. Yes, that's cool. exactly how I, That's exactly how I played the game. <laughs> Uh, hence why I wasn't very good at it. Uh, but now with BlizzCon coming up, it, it does make you wonder what's going to come for, for Overwatch because mm. if Blizzard were going to announce anything big or, or, or update anything significantly, this would be the time to do it at their own convention. This would definitely be the time to do it. I mean, all eyes are on them. They own the stage. They own the entire you know surrounding area, it feels like. They, they really are established there and everyone, huge numbers of people are coming to see them. That's the entire purpose here. This isn't a Comic-Con. They're not sharing space with anybody. This is for Blizzard. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm very, very excited for this conference anyway. Again, I'm not somebody that normally gets excited for BlizzCon, but we have the, the Overwatch World Cup 
happening there, the final stages of that. That's, right, yeah. that's happening. So that's a massive event, you know, as somebody that's looking forward to league starting again, but is saddened by the fact it doesn't start till February, still many months away that's with a long time away. big old holiday right in the middle to get through. Yep. We then, you know, we to, to to get to the start of league. So to see the World Cup being there is is awesome. Um, I am also a big fan of Diablo. Diablo three, which I have played, I think, on two different consoles now, is now launching on the Switch, and I will absolutely be a sucker and buy it a third time <laughs> because it is now the complete, the eternal edition, as they're calling it. Nice. But I will absolutely play that again because the idea of having a game as good as Diablo three on the Switch is literally something I have been asking for since the Switch was announced. And never in a million years thought that we would see. No offense to Blizzard, but I did not think that they would port it over to that. I mean, come on, fingers crossed. Overwatch for the Switch now. Hey, matter of time. That would right? be amazing. But um, no, I, I never thought we'd get Diablo, and, and now we're getting Diablo with everything I want. There's still a really small indie game, well, not indie game, but ind- more independent game by a company called Runic Games called Torchlight. Just a complete tangent for a moment. If anybody looks up Torchlight or Torchlight 2 on Steam, you'll be rewarded with a fantastic Diablo like game. I really wish they would put back on that they would put on the Switch. I actually have a new one coming out, which is really, really cool. But back to Blizzard. So there's a lot of news here that's already exciting. And then we look at Overwatch. And the interesting thing is that there's not been all that much let out. If I think back to BlizzCon last time, we were hearing rumors of a new hero. We're hearing rumors of Moira, maybe. We didn't know it was Moira back then, but that's what we're hearing rumors of. There was stuff to do with the League that we knew was kind of hinted at and so on. And we look at this, the only real rumor that I've kind of heard of is some form of a single player. And that's a really, really interesting concept. I like the idea of of a single player, maybe a story mode, maybe a... um, Because this is the tricky thing, right? So you have single player games, well, rather, let's go with first person shooter games Mm. that have a single player mode. Oftentimes you're leveling that character up. He's learning new things as you yep. go through the game, whatever else, unlocking different things. Yep. Now, Overwatch, you've got it all. Yep. You know, you've got yep. all the character's abilities. You've got all of the... There aren't really ways, and as we've covered before, rightfully so, you don't level your character up in sure. multiplayer game. Yeah. However, what if you did in a single-player environment? Mm. What if there was a single-player story-based campaign that tied together some of the cinematics that we've seen and some of the different maps that we've seen yep. and given us a bit more outside of what we already know. But then you play one of these heroes throughout that story and perhaps you do see levels and perhaps yep. you do see improvements or customizations, things that they won't bring into the multiplayer because yeah. it would throw the balance off, but something that you could then see in a single-player version. So you could start off playing uh, Tracer in the very first story game mm-hmm. and then by the end of the story... Perhaps you've upgraded, you know, her blink ability, or you've upgraded the pulse pistols, or yeah. you've done something like that which you couldn't do in yeah. the multiplayer environment. So something that I've been, you know, talking to you a lot, and this is this is going to be part of a larger thought that I've been thinking of. Yes, that like end of this evening, but also just more generally for the past few weeks or so. One of the things that Blizzard definitely likes is expansions. It's what they like. You look at, you know, World of Warcraft, that's had several expansions. You look at StarCraft, that had expansions. Diablo had expansions. Hearthstone has expansions. Everything that they make has expansions. Additional content that they work very, very hard on without needing to release a new game that they expect the fans fans to to pay for, and they do, and they are rewarded with something outstanding. And it is an expansion of an existing core product or franchise, not a re-release or a new game everything else has that except for overwatch 
we take a look at one of the things that I really, really wanted to see, and I, I still sadly don't think we'll see it for a while, which is I would absolutely love uh, you know, a two-hour feature film or a ten-episode miniseries of some kind done by Blizzard's in-house animators. I think the shorts that we've seen are utterly fantastic. Mm-hmm. They're some of the best animation that I've ever seen, period. I think they're incredible at telling a story. I think they look fantastic. And I think, as I've said before, I want more lore in Overwatch. I want more history. I think that's one of the best ways to do it because you need to see and hear the characters and really get a sense for it. So how about this? What if... In some form, I'll suggest a couple. We had a a single-player campaign, or not even a campaign, a single-player mode that was released as expansions. Either layers of history revealed, each being their own expansion, these few years, these few years, these few years, expansions one, two, and three, and a mission or two for every single character in each time period. So you have that first mission that we saw, well, not the first mission, but an early mission for D.Va, right when she's going from being kind of a programmer to first joining Mecha. And each one of these missions is accompanied by a very small short, a cutscene as we would normally get in a game. Mm -hmm. And it looks incredible. This is complete wish casting right now. But we see something from going from being something like a programmer into actually being in Mecha. Then you play around as Mecha. You learn about the other people in the team. The next mission, whether that's in the next expansion or that's, you know, you get two or three missions for each other or whatever it might be, is then uh, another mission when they're all formed up as a force. And the final one is the one that we see in the short where the Omnic's coming out of the sea and she's fighting off these hordes and everything else. That would be pretty incredible. And if they could do that for either every hero or maybe the first expansion is for four heroes and the next expansion's for four heroes and we get a few missions, a couple of cinematics and there's your expansion. That would be absolutely incredible if we got it for Overwatch. It would advance the lore, it would give us more animation, it would give us a richer connection to the characters, and it would make people more invested. Well, here's, here's my prediction then. Hmm. They're going to release an expansion. Yep. It's going to be called Overwatch, the Omnic Crisis. There you go. And it's going to be set during that period, and we're yes. going to get elements like that, different missions for different heroes yes. at different places during the Omnic Crisis. That would just be fantastic. There that would go. be perfect. You've heard it here first. <laughs> what date is BlizzCon? Let's us find out. Because if that comes true... Also, Jeff, if you are ever struggling for ideas, you have two people that you could hire and would be very, very willing to work for you. It's actually November 2nd and 3rd this year. November 2nd and 3rd. So November we've got a few weeks um, between you hearing this episode. Well, a couple weeks between you hearing this episode and BlizzCon. If it comes out, it's called Overwatch The Omnic Crisis, the first of many expansions to follow. <laughs> you heard it here first. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to claim it. In, in this alternate universe, it, this happened. It became the Omnic Crisis. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go with it. Well, I think I'm, I'm excited about the idea that, I mean, you're right. You know, I've played Hearthstone, mm. and I've played many of its expansions. Mm. I've not played World of Warcraft, but that's had, that's had loads of expansions I over the years. I want to say like five or six yeah, now, and I feel bad for not knowing the an, each actual number. each a significant update. Well, it was huge. When I was playing um, World of Warcraft, and I, I should stress immediately, I did not necessarily spend a huge amount of time on it i mean when i say not a huge amount of time anybody who plays world of warcraft spends a lot of time on it but i was not getting up to the you know the level cap i was not doing all the end game stuff but i invested a good long while in it and when i remember i think it was mists of pandaria that added a whole new like continent a whole new area whole new races whole new stuff huge new like story campaigns and they've only kept that going as it's gone further on 
they keep adding these massive regions and massive amounts of story. And yes, that's a very, very different game than Overwatch because it's not a competitive game. It's not a, a, a single player necessarily, but there are moments when you're going through the missions, the fetch quests, that kind of stuff, where it feels single player because you literally are playing by yourself yeah. to get to the points where you can do the raids and everything else. So they, they add huge amounts of content with expansions every single time, and it's only you know, a couple of years between expansions, a few years. Yeah. So here's hoping for Overwatch's first one because Overwatch is, you know, it's almost. Is it two years old now? Yeah, it was 2016 it came out, wasn't it? So it's, it's two yeah, and a half well, years old. Yeah, it'll only be just about going into three. Yeah, so it's almost three years old. It's the right kind of time. You've got yeah. the fan base. You've got the people yeah. who are, are ready for something new. Yeah. People who, like us, when a new short comes out, it's like, well, in fairness, I hadn't really watched a lot of the shorts before sure. Diva Shooting Star. But then when I watched that, I then went back and watched all of them. <laughs> you have to see all of them. And they're incredible. Yeah. I mean, uh, Reinhardt's one specifically, so being a big Reinhardt oh, fan. I love it. Absolutely. Honor and Glory, it was beautiful it, and this is the thing they have almost a um almost a pixar quality to them which mm. i can't think of any higher praise to give to an animator than a pixar quality yeah but it has that thing of there's a not grit not realness but that real sense of emotion in it of that's a moment when this guy is going from a young cocky arrogant uh, fighter uh, who who believes in honor and glory believes in heroes and everything else to seeing that actions have consequences, to really having to deal with it and buckle down. Mm -hmm. And yeah, everything turns out okay for him, but at the cost of his mentor, the cost of somebody that he values so deeply. And that is a pretty difficult subject to tackle at the best of times. Mm -hmm. I mean, yes, films, but also in works of literature throughout the ages, that's a difficult topic for people to grab their head around. But they do it in a few minutes in an animated short about a fictional game where a giant German knight is fighting some robots. These these are really, oh, really impressive storytellers. You look at the... the mo- I, I'm going to admit something here on a podcast that I wouldn't normally admit. Oh, I'm excited. But I watched May's uh, cinematic. Mm. And I cried a bit. Yeah. Yeah, I you tear up watching that, don't you? I cried a bit at the point... And spoilers if you've not watched it. If you haven't watched it, go and watch it. It's incredible. Um... At the part where she runs out of power, yeah. creating things she needs to create, and Snowball yeah. gives his power so that <laughs> she can do the thing to save herself. Yeah. And works out well in the end for Snowball, yep. I'm happy to report. But at that moment, but you, don't you know didn't that. know. Yeah, you don't know that. And again, that Pixar quality, they absolutely the could emotions. have killed Snowball. But then again, it was that, it was that. And then earlier in, the, in that yep. cinematic, you know, when she loses her team, and you're yeah. like... This is heavy. Yeah. This is this is heavy for a video Pretty game. Pretty quick within right. that cinematic. Six to eight people have died yeah. very quickly. Yeah, people that you know this character is close to. It's, also, the, it's the problem heavy. was she was frozen for too long, right? So you've got to imagine a lot of the other people that she knew in life have aged pretty considerably yeah. more than she would have Perhaps expected. Perhaps even lost some in the Omnicrisis. Exactly, right? exactly. But, and there's that. And then you look at... Um, uh, the Widowmaker and Tracer mm, short. Yep. The idea that, in again, more spoilers, but again, if in that scene where that bullet would go right through Tracer, yeah. but because she recalls, she saves herself, but then that Omnic Monk is killed. Yes. And so she's failed her mission, but she saved her own life. Yeah. So, th- there's some heavy topics for Very video game so. cutscenes. Yeah. Which, if you boil them right down, yeah. that's what they're, they're the most trivial. That's what they are. Absolutely. They are completely unnecessary to enjoy the game. <laughs> yeah. They do add a richness and they add value to it, but they're not necessary. In, in any other game, a surprising number of people, a high percentage would probably skip through them. They'd yes. be mashing the X button. Exactly. Like a lot of people do. I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I love Winston. Well, 
I like Winston, and I like that opening cinematic. But I now press the X obviously to get through it because I've watched yeah. it oh, several yeah, times. Oh yeah, yeah, I've watched it, so now I skip. But it. a lot of people in video games will just skip through any kind of cutscene, and mm-hmm. it's always boggled my mind because like, you, you need to see it to understand the story, and you want to play, and so on. It's fun, but a lot of people just skip straight through those. Yep. These are worth showing. These are worth seeing through and watching and enjoying. And again, I, I if you chained these cinematics together, you'd have probably half an hour of content, maybe something like that, 20 minutes. And that alone would be amazing. If they could just give us, uh, you know, a 40 to 45 minute episode, 10 of those, or a single two hour film or hey, something. Hey, Netflix original series. It would series. be amazing. Come on, Netflix. You're throwing money at projects. <laughs> yeah. Let's make an Overwatch uh, series. I don't think Blizzard's struggling for money right now. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah. But how incredible would that be? They could even tie it in with League, to be perfectly honest. Mm-hmm. League has that pass that you can buy that gets you a, some skins, gets you, you know, access and that kind of stuff. Tie it in with that. Make people buy the pass. That way they get the, the season of TV, the, the film, to watch throughout the winter. And then they roll straight into League and they already have the League pass. I would buy that. I would definitely buy that. Cool. So speculation aside. Uh, <laughs> Rampant speculation. Yeah, which, none of it may be true. Maybe all of it will be true. Who knows? I hope it is, though. It's it's true to me. It's true. <laughs> until, until Jeff it's stands on stage and says that none of this is true. Um, it's true to me. On that, though, we'll bring this episode to a close. Yes. Um, if you have any other ideas, if you found anything particularly exciting in the Halloween Terror loot boxes... If you have any uh, significant speculation that you mm. want to share, any wishes or dreams that you want to share on BlizzCon and what may come out of it, do hit us up on Twitter at Heroes Needed Pod or on any of the NerdOD social pages uh, or uh, at me personally. If you want to have a go at my ideas and say how wrong I am, uh, come at Olsen Prime. And yeah, we'll hope all that comes true, but we'll see yeah. soon enough. Yeah. And then we'll discuss it next time. But until then, I've been Dave. And I'm Richard. And we'll see you later. Bye.